RadioInfluence.com. You've seen Chef Brian Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Welcome back, my friends. Welcome back to episode number three of Duffified Live. I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm actually in my car right now, so I'm recording this while I'm in the car. Uh, I've had a pretty crazy week. It seems like every week is kind of the same world with all this stuff. Uh, You know, I've got flights, I'm traveling. Today I had to go and speak to... Uh, a group of people from my heart radio, a sales force, um, about the recipe for success. So, uh, so I'm actually on my way back. I've been sitting in traffic for the last three hours. Uh, podcast is supposed to go live tonight, but what's happened is, uh, I got stuck, you know, there's only so much I can do. Uh, the boys from radioinfluence.com are always great to me because, uh, you know, they get it. They're the producers for all this, and they do all the hard work of putting it together after I record and after I get all the guests together. There's a lot of people that make this happen. Um, it's not just me sitting in a chair, you know, in my underwear, hanging out, waiting to, uh, uh, you know, recording some stuff. So there's a lot of people that are involved. But uh, but what I want to kind of talk about today is uh, what, what a great week uh, I, I've had with my travel, uh, with some of the fun places that I've been. I flew out to Grand Rapids uh, last week. And got to sit with some of my clients, and we went through menus and all the new stuff for the restaurant that's opening up down in Tampa. And then, uh, so I flew home on Thursday, and then Friday, I woke up uh, about 5 a.m., hopped a flight immediately down to Orlando, where I got down to Orlando and went to the NAFM show, uh, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is the North American Food Equipment Merchandising Show, which is, is really a great thing to go to. If you can ever go, it happens every two years, but it's all the new innovations for things that are going on. Uh, within, within, in every single facet of equipment for restaurants. And some of the really neat stuff for this year was uh, being able to take a look at some of these hoodless systems that are going on because a lot of my clients, you know, they don't have the money to spend, uh, on, on putting a, you know, $100,000 or $200,000 kitchen in. They've got these tiny little spaces. They've got these tiny little closets. You know, I always kind of reminisce or think back about uh, my clients down in, uh, in Fort Myers, Florida, the city tavern. Um, you know, every time that I think about these small kitchens and how we can make things work, that's a completely electric kitchen. Uh, there is no hood system in there. There is no... Uh, you know, they don't have this, you know, it's not a hundred thousand dollar kitchen. The equipment is a couple of panini presses. There's some electric convection ovens, uh, an electric panini oven or, or an electric uh, pizza oven. There's always, there's some cool stuff in there and they really executed a very, very high level. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that was a plug or not, but go to city, go to Fort Myers and sit down at city tavern and tell the girls down there that you want to have a beer. Uh, the girls, the bartenders are great down there as well. But anyway, so I went to the NAFM show. I got to have a good amount of fun uh, going through and looking at all the equipment. Uh, I am the uh, kind of culinary director, I guess you'd say, for Nightclub and Bar, which is the largest nightclub and bar show in the world. And uh, this year, we're doing a whole section called the Food and Beverage Innovation Center. And at the Food and Beverage Innovation Center, I took eight chefs from around the country. I got a guy named Matt Varga. I got a girl named Nicole. Uh, I got Kayla Robeson. We got Nick Liberato. We got Pete Blome or Panini Pete out of Alabama. We got Keith Breedlove. We got, uh, who's the other person that I'm missing? Chaz Barricado. Uh, 
uh, from Thunder Group in, in Cincinnati and Tennessee. Uh, we got great chefs that are coming out. They're going to be working with some of this really cool equipment, and then they're going to be able to go and execute this stuff on a stage through a walkthrough. When you go to nightclub and bar, you're going to be able to taste some of these great meals that these uh, these chefs are creating, and they're real innovative. You know, it's nothing. I mean, like one guy's doing a croquette, but guess what? Matt Varga's making a badass croquette, and it's one of those things that falls within that. Uh, that country or that comfort uh, realm, you know, those are things that your parents made or, you know, that's old school French cuisine. So from there, uh, we get to then, uh, I got to go out that night. I have, uh, you know, I have friends all over the country that I get to hang out with and um, I've got a good group of people that I really do get to hang out with. And it it makes the travel kind of go a little bit faster, knowing that I'm going to be able to see some friends when I get into say Fort Myers, or when I see friends that I'm going to get into Tampa, uh, when I get out to LA or San Diego, or when I get into Vegas, or in this case, when I get to Orlando, I got to see a good friend of mine. Her name's Rhonda. Um, Rhonda is a woman that I met at a bacon festival that I did with America Loves Bacon a couple of years ago. And we've had a good friendship. You know, we've had a kind of a fun conversation over the last couple of years. And uh, we've only been able to go out two or three times. Uh, you know, uh, we go out, we go to bars, we, we meet. Ron is one of those people who's kind of over the top. Uh, she has an amazing sense of humor. Sometimes it's super dry and it takes a little bit longer to figure out. But Rhonda's really one of those great people. So what I wanted you guys to hear, though, is a typical interaction with Rhonda, which is we were in an Uber. We were on, uh, we were on our way to a bar and uh, we had an Uber driver who had a great sense of humor. So, uh, you know, Ron is in the back seat. I'm in the back seat. And uh, we started to talk to our Uber driver. And I always, when I get in, I have conversations with Uber drivers. I like to know their stories. You know, a lot of these people are not, uh, you know, they're not full-time drivers. Some of them are part-time. Some of them just do stuff during the day. You know, I met a guy the other day. He was, a, he was an IT programmer uh, for a major company. But at night, he drives an Uber. I met another dude the other day who works for the Philadelphia Parking Authority. Fuck you, Philadelphia Parking Authority. Sorry, but I'm not a fan of you guys. Anyway, uh, he works for the PPA. And when he leaves in the afternoon, as soon as he gets into his car, he turns his Uber on. And he's like, I'm going to drive home anyway. I may, may as well make a couple bucks. So, you know, he might do 10 or 15 runs a week just on his ride home. Uh, but I meet really cool people. So we meet this guy. And I'll be honest, I don't even remember his first name. It was a long night. There was some booze that was involved. You'll be able to hear that uh, when we were talking about whether or not we were up drinking and, and stuff. But Rhonda really starts to dig into this guy and has an amazing interaction. Rhonda's a huge Batman fan. And, uh, and so the guy, as soon as she asked, well, I'll let you guys listen to it. But uh, there was a really kind of funny interaction. So, uh, and I'm a huge fan of Bat Dad. So, if you guys are going to watch, if you guys are going to hear this, this was an interaction between myself, Rhonda, and an Uber driver. So, check out my friend Rhonda. Uh, all of her stuff is going to be on DuffifiedLive.com as well as on Instagram and Facebook. You can check her out. You can follow her and some of her shenanigans. Rhonda is absolutely going to be back on the show. She's a great personality. She's a really good friend, and I am excited for you guys to listen to. This. This little, this little interaction of Duffified Live meets Uber, or shall we say Bruce Wayne. Okay, so I'm, I'm sitting here Ubering with um, Brian, and say hello. Hola. And our Uber driver just tried to tell me his name was Bruce Wayne, like, like he's incognito or some bullshit. So, he says he likes George Clooney. 
George Clooney. The George Clooney era? He was the most horrible Batman. Christian Bale. Christian Bale was better than George Clooney. I feel like that. Christian Bale was pretty fucking badass. No, no, no. No, no, no. Christian was... Bale was badass, but... No, 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 no. Michael Bullshit. Michael Keaton still... Uh, Michael Keaton owned in... that shit. Have you seen... You're... He's 25, okay? So... Exactly. He's a baby. Oh, I agree with you. You didn't see that one? No. It's terrible. Listen. <sighs> I know. You know who you know who started that shit? Who? Fucking Christian. Batman. Batman is my no, no. favorite one. Christian Bale. Batman. Christian Bale, like I read the script or the Jen. Jen. Make me a sandwich. Bat Make me a sandwich. Did you go bad, Dad? Did uh, you go shopping today? <laughs> Jen, make me a sandwich. <laughs> that is Jen. how Ben Affleck and Christian Bill. Listen, yeah. I'm going to school you. Ready? What? I'm going to school you. She's going to school you. Christian Bale is that motherfucker who started the shit of like, you know what? Whilst reading the comics, there was a change of voice. So Christian Bell says Where the fuck are we? I don't know. Christian, what town are we in? Who cares? Christian Bell says, you know what? This is the bullshit that I'm gonna do. Let's make it authentic. And yeah. they came with dumb fucking voices. Where are we? Yes. Yes. Where, Where are you taking me? Right. So then Ben Affleck comes along. What was what was the uh butler's name? Alfred. 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 Alfred should put a shit on top. Alfred. Where the fuck is our Uber taking us? <laughs> who cares? Alfred, the Uber. <laughs> who cares? Where the fuck is he taking us? Who cares? We literally just got a tour of Orlando, That's Alfred. A, but you're here from, from PA, so you're cool. Yeah. Listen. Philadelphia. Tell people who you are. I am... Not Bruce Wayne, let me tell you that right now. Because you're in a... <laughs> what kind of car is this? A, a Nissan? Oh, it's fucking bullshit. It's not. That's fucked up. That's fucked up because that bullshit is not getting you a DUI. <laughs> I love it. Just though. so you know. Listen. This thing could be a fucking Yugo with two wheels and a sidecar. Right, exactly. And a clown. No so, offense. No offense, dude. If you were a clown, it still would be the best fucking ride home ever. Oh, no, it's really late. So, put it back so Bruce Wayne. Yes. So, Christian Bale came along. And he said, you know what? Let's make this authentic. Let's fuck up Batman's voice and make Toby. Make me a sandwich. <laughs> Are Let's... you going back to your yoga class? <laughs> Let's make this movie unwatchable. And that's what happened with Christian Bale. Are we making smoothies? <laughs> totally sounded like you said we're making smoothies. I don't know. I made it. I think you guys heard it. The problem smoothies. is. Listen, my problem is Greg Goose. Goose and soda, triple all up in the line. Oh, we're still getting late here. So single tall. So Brian is in town for what? Why are you in town? I had to go look at equipment. What kind? Uh, kitchen. kitchen equipment. Kitchen equipment. Brian does like kitchen stuff because he's a, a chef. Yeah. There's no even there's not even quotes needed because he's a legit chef. Legit. Yeah. You know what's funny is that I said, "Hey Brian, when you're in town, call let, me." Let me cook for you. <laughs> and I thought he would just like laugh it off. You know what he said? Shake it off. Go for it, baby. And I said, Make it rain. Uh, fuck. Now I gotta cook. So then he said, Please cook for me. And I'm like, God damn it. 
So then um, he came to town, and then he said, you know, we have friends who may, like, want to go out. Friends want to go out. And then I was like, fuck yeah, I'll have to cook. But downtown's where we went. Downtown's where we went. I didn't have to cook. Got me some yellow dog. Yes, yellow dog eats is where Brian. Yeah, why do you eat? Yellow dog eats. Bueno caca. Literally, this is like a dark alley. It is, because I have no idea where you are. Yeah. Bruce Wayne is driving. Bruce Wayne. But he didn't know. We're talking so much, the windows have fogged. What he didn't count on is that I'm a Batman fanatic. It is. This guy, the Uber driver, says, Hey, I'm Bruce Wayne. You're like, bullshit, you are. And then we went into. Go ahead, Bruce Wayne. Tell us, tell us about yourself. I am uh, Bruce Wayne, um, and I'm right now I'm Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yep. Uh, when I see the signal in the sky, I hit this button and then I fly off. How often train. do you see the signal? Um, at least twice a week. But it is Orlando. Twice a week he sees the It's me. It's me. It's me pointing out there. I, I, I have a pen. I have a pen that. That fucking push it. And Pac-Man comes out. I'm not even. I'm not even playing. That's the sad part. All right. So anyway, this video got dead. I don't know what's going on. I don't know, but both of those people are like, "Why the fuck?" I know. All three people are like, "Fuck! What the fuck am I doing?" So uh, this week coming up on February 20th, if you're in Philadelphia, uh, we are doing something in Philadelphia at the Flying Fish Craft House. Yes, I know I'm doing a plug for my own space, but uh, guess what? We're going to have a shit ton of fun. So it's industry night. So the whole idea for me about industry night is uh, creating kind of an oasis for people to get up, get out, and go and do something with like kinds. For those of us that uh, work in the industry, you know what a really kind of screwed up bunch of uh, uh, people that we are from derelict to uh, drug addicts, to alcoholics, to, uh, you know, then there's a bunch of really nice people too that work in this business. But most of them are really just kind of generally fucked up. Um, But I think that's one of the reasons why we are all so good at what we do is because of the fact um, that we have that kind of understanding that people have different lives and, uh, you know, we have to deal with the public on a daily basis and really just kind of deal with some of the bullshit that they throw at us. But beyond all of that we have uh, we have an opportunity to kind of make a difference in people's lives we have an opportunity to touch people on a daily basis and and, and you know generally just kind of have a bunch of fun so for me, one of the big things that I really wanted to do was I wanted to create an industry night uh, within Philadelphia that was kind of open to everybody. Um, I wanted people to come in. I want them to come in and have great drinks and great food and do all that really good stuff. But I wanted to create something that was a little bit different. So um, what I did was uh, we have a woman that works for us at the, re- at the restaurant. Her name is Liz Starry. And uh, Liz is a musician and she's tattooed and she's kind of cool and eccentric. And she made me break one of my own rules, which was no face tattoos at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. But she does have however put makeup over top of it so not that uh not that nobody knows that uh you can tell but uh but we do like liz she's a good egg and uh so when i went to liz with the idea of industry night um i kind of said i want to go i want to go balls to the wall i want to go as far as we possibly can so everybody do me a favor say hi to liz starry hello how are you so liz talk to me about uh kind of the idea of what what the, the basic idea of what industry night is so what what I really uh, wanted to do with uh, being given the the instruction of make it crazy, make it awesome, make it everything and more, I really wanted to incorporate a lot of things that you don't see regularly in Philly while still keeping the industry idea. So we do have the craft house menu tastings and uh, Flying Fish Brewing Company beer tastings. Six dollar build your own burgers. <laughs> craft house swag giveaways, food and drink specials. Uh, we have twelve dollar. I'm gonna make an insane burger for chefs every single Monday night. Did we do it? 
Uh, but then I wanted to add some other uh, awesome stuff. We have a local Philly DJ duo, Risky Disco, uh, who is uh, Matthew Kraus and Greg Drogitz, who are also both industry people playing. Uh, we have a uh, fire-breathing, spinning uh, act and some LED hooping by the Flow Arts Troupe, the Artful Dodgers. Which are actually here with us right now. So uh, right now standing next to me is Anthony, who is a fire breather and a sword swallower and a space manipulator. <laughs> I'm a fire object ma- manipulation artist, actually, yes. It's on his card that way, too. So, we're <laughs> so why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself, man? How'd you get involved in this stuff? Oh, gosh, I've been involved uh, with Flow Arts for about uh, 10 years, I would say. Uh, it started with dancing and then glow stringing in the clubs. And uh, now here I am spinning fire, breathing, eating, and performing. Um, it's been quite the journey. Uh, yeah. It's pretty much uh, nice, man. Yeah. So, so what brought you into this world? Because it is its own world, dude. <laughs> um, the the illusion behind it, the um, uh, the way it just gets you going. How did they do that? Like, wait a minute, that's like what? Just the 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 awe, the captivity behind seeing someone manipulate an object and create this illusion as if it's, as if it's floating or. It's some, yeah, anything like that. It's just like, uh, it's hard for me to explain. I got so much passion behind it. It's Take your passion. Keep going, brother. Just uh, weed. Uh, a little bit. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Little, just checking. Bit. Just yeah. checking. Um, so how did you, like, how did you come to get together with the group? I mean, there's four people with well, you today. Yeah, actually, One the, of them the, is the, Rowan, who's hi. right next to you. Say hi, Rowan. Hi. How are you? I'm great. How about yourself? Not too shabby. We're going to get right back to you. The uh, the group was uh, founded by uh, me and my buddy Brian uh, Grignella. Uh, just recently, actually, we're a new troupe, and um, we're just uh, you know trying to uh, bring people together that uh, love the same thing we do and share the same passion. So, what's what's one of the coolest events that you've ever done, and what did you do at that event? Well, I'd say the coolest event that I've done recently was this. Uh, this party for uh, it was an office party, and we had a girl on a, a, a lira uh, serving champagne from it. What's a lira? Yeah, it's, what's a lira? It's, a, it's a suspended uh, metal hoop from the ceiling. You're talking to us as if we are all fire breathing maniacs, <laughs> and we're not. So a lira is a hoop that hangs from the ceiling, and she was doing like an arrow, but like an acrobatic aerial yes. show. Yes. Got it. Yeah. And uh, she yeah. doesn't have like hooks through her back or anything. No, no hooks you guys do back. That stuff too? No, 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 no. That's that's uh, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> that's that's something different. That's a different world. Okay, so world. go ahead. So she was on a lira, and you guys were doing a corporate. Yeah, it, it so was a uh, the greatest night. Well, it was uh, it was our first gig for our troupe itself uh, to get our name out there, and it really put ourselves on the map with um, this production company from New York, and just got our name out there for the most part. That's pretty cool. So, Rowan, talk to me. Hi. You are five foot two. <laughs> I'm five four. I would you're say. five four. You're a tiny little human being. And so, what is your what is your part in this troupe? What do you do? Okay. Um, well, I'm part of the Artful Dodgers. We're all friends. We get up. We get together. We practice. We choreograph. Um, I am experienced in fire breathing, fire eating. Um, I do fire hooping. Um, Dragon staff, fans, you know, all these props, these translate together. So there's lots of, there's always something new to learn. And that's why we uh, stick together, you know? Like. Nice. So how did you guys meet? Um, we just have the same friends. We're yeah. all you, the right people. We hang out with the right people. <laughs> we have somebody else who just showed up with a very large this. white ball in his hand. <laughs> it's another one of our crew members. 
This is yeah. Lucas. Lucas, yes. what do you do for the Artful Dodgers? Um, well, I'm a contact juggler. I spin contact staff, contact sword, flaming jump rope, fans, poi, dragon staff. Uh, fans. I said fans. Oh. Um, <laughs> dual batons. Uh, how did you learn? Swords. How did you learn? How, how did I learn? Um, well, I was at a festival and I met some people that made fire props for a living and I had been talking about it and they was talking about growing up wrestling and jump roping for years and they're like, well, we have a flaming jump rope. You want to try that? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, Is that flame high enough? Yeah. I was, it was awesome. And uh, next thing, a couple weeks later, I had my own flaming jump rope. Um, then I got into batons and dual batons and then all these other props over the, over the next several months. Um, it's just like, I feel like every other month I'm picking up something new. Um, but it's just a lot of dedication and practice all the time and you just... So how do you, so what is your like how often do you guys practice together? Together, any chance we get? Yeah, we, we um, just actually uh, ran a uh, seven hundred foot seven hundred foot square foot area for practice um, just recently, and we're uh, setting up a, a, a shop there for making making uh, fire props along with teaching lessons mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, just a, sp- a space to uh, practice and flow. That's pretty yeah. cool. So is yeah. this your full-time gig? Do you guys do this full-time? No. Do you guys have other jobs? Well, we no. all have day jobs, but no. um, this is the dream. We'd like no. to quit those jobs. What's your day job? I'm a valet. Nice. Yeah, so I just drive around people's nice cars. <laughs> but mostly I'm just bouncing around the city playing with this ball. If I'm I were to red light, now were you, and I were like valet, and I'd like spit a huge flame of fire. Just like, uh, uh, it would have to be probably out fired. of the sun. <laughs> that Mr. Warrington just dropped off. Yeah. So, uh, so you're a valet during the day. What do you do during the day? I'm a landscaper, actually. A landscaper. Yeah, in the process right. of starting my own landscape business as well. To, right. uh, yeah, I enjoy it very much. I've been doing it for about 12 years. Nice, dude. So. Um, miss... Uh, I just totally lost your name. Rowan. Rowan. I got Rowan. it. I got it. Um, I do a couple things. I am a teacher. I, um, what do you teach? English. I teach English as a foreign language, so I help those who uh, are learning English as a second language. Which is most of America. Yeah, right. Wow. And um, I work in nightlife, like a club. I do like exotic dancing. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, okay. you know, and I also do these gigs. So this is all, this is the dream. Yeah. Okay. So, Rowan, where can we find you? Um, online, sure. on Instagram. Uh, my. Mean, in Philadelphia. No, in I'm just joking. So what's your like? Instagram and Twitter. We got to tell everybody. They got to get followers. Uh, my Instagram is uh, Rowan Sage. That's R O W Y N S A G E. It's my name. It's the only one. It's the only account I have. Got it. Yeah. Perfect. And how about you, dude? What do you got? You got an Instagram, right? I do. I do. My Instagram is uh, Anthony Penna. Uh, I think, so. I think that's what it is. I just gotta, gotta look at your. I, I just handle. set it up. Right? I, don't, uh, I don't really use Instagram that much. He's like, I would rather I, set shit on like, fire than <laughs> actually know what my Instagram like, is. Yeah, like, I, you know, I really don't pay attention too much to, the, to Instagram, but um, I do have an account, and I just can't think of it all of hand. There is, there is an account set up uh, for our Artful Dodgers crew, it's the Artful Dodgers. Uh, dot Inc. Got it. What do you got, dude? Um, okay, so you can find me on Instagram at uh, the Ruckus. That's T H E underscore R U C U S. There's a lot of videos and pictures of me doing various flaming and flowy things. Um, you could also find me on Facebook. My performance page is uh, Lucas X Wisniewski, aka Tarzan, uh, Fire Performance and Flow Arts. Um, so. I've also got a Facebook page. Um, my Facebook page is Rowan Sage Performance and Visual Art. Um, that is just Rowan Sage uh, at the end. 
like cool yeah very nice yeah and Liz go ahead tell us your stuff kid oh man there's a lot so uh, I am Instagram and Twitter uh, Instagram is all lowercase she's underscore got underscore Betty underscore starry underscore I holy shit (laughs) anybody who knows me knows that I do not follow people with underscores and Lizzie has 17 of them (laughs) yes but I'm amazing so it's worth it I also have a face tattoo look how that turned out All right, so everybody do me a favor. Uh, you can go to all of their various pages and check these guys out. The Artful Dodgers uh, perform all through Philadelphia and whatnot. Plus, they're definitely going to be here on February 20th. Um, if you're in the industry, come on down, hang out with us, have a couple of beers, get some crazy... What? Ten bucks for non-industry. We want everyone to Liz is making sure to interrupt me during my monologue here about the <laughs> fact that it's $10 if you're not in the industry. So basically, if you are not in the industry, we're going to take $10 from you so that you can experience some of the fun of what it's like to be in the industry during an industry. <laughs> night so uh so definitely check out the artful dodgers and all their crazy stuff out there with uh the boys and the girls of the crew um and we will see you guys on february 20th and yes i just did a commercial for my own restaurant on my own podcast (laughs) so guess what i can do what i want (laughs) cheers so my next guest is uh is, is a good friend of mine he is uh, not only a uh, consummate professional in his craft, he's also uh, an amazing father and a great family man, a world traveler, a spiritual guru, and a culinary master, but he's also just one hell of a nice dude. So you guys know him as uh, Chef Nick Liberato. I know him as, as, as Nicky Libs. That's what I like to call him because Nicky Libs is from Philly, and he's got a great brand called Caladelphia, which is an amazing combination of the two. So everybody do me a favor and welcome Chef Nick Liberato. Thank you for having me, Bri, and hello, everyone. I'm really, you know, it's great that uh, I'm, I'm like, I wish I could jump through the screen right now, buddy, and, and get back in the <laughs> Philly with you. I have too many people talking to me about roast pork sandwiches, and uh, clearly I'm always watching your, your live uh you know, all your live videos and everything from the restaurant. Everything's been looking beautiful over there, buddy. Thanks, dude. Making we do some hungry. fun bar food. We do some fun bar food. We have a great time. Uh, you know, I got a, we got a great chef down here. His name's Theo Atkinson. Uh, we call him Tippy Doppy Day. I'm looking at him, at him right now as he walks through. Tippy Doppy Day. Um, who just, <laughs> Tippy Doppy Day. He call, for the last uh, 18 years, we've had a conversation, and the conversation typically goes like this. I call him up. He picks up the phone and goes, Duffy me, lad. And I go, Tippy Doppy Day. <laughs> Same conversation for like 18 years oh, now. Oh, wow. That's um, great. Yeah, so we have a lot of fun down here. But, dude, you know, I mean, what you're doing out there is just amazing. I mean, I, I'm, I'm in awe of the stuff that you're creating at, at this place that's historic. Yeah. So what's going on in the Venezuela, man? You know, things are, are really beautiful here. We've got um, – we always have new things that are happening. I'm very excited, actually. We're getting ready to launch a new concept at our takeaway window. It's going to be called WTF, Whaler Takeaway Food. A little tongue-in-cheek. Nice. But, you know, everyone, I swear, it's been almost three years. You were there at the opening party, actually, uh, when we originally still can't believe took it's over the Whaler. Ago, and, but I'll tell you, man, we're, with this Whaler takeaway food, we're actually – it's going to be a sandwich concept. So I'm, I'm going to be launching the first time ever I'm going to be putting a Philly cheesesteak on the menu. Oh, how you doing? And where are you getting your bread, man? Um, so we, uh, Rock and Wagner, we're, we're, we're getting our bakery. I know I should be calling back east and, and, and using uh, Amoroso rolls, of course. Um, hey, dude, I don't, I don't even use Amorosos in my oh, place. No? I use Licios. No, I use Licios for my cheesesteak, and I use pork, and I use a, uh, I use Akasha's from 16th and Rittner 
on my uh, my porchetta sandwich. Those are the only two breads that we do not make in the restaurant. Wow, that's nice. My um, my father, I think he spoiled me on Sarcone since I was a kid down on 9th Street, which is – Love it. Love it's it. It's pretty amazing. But yeah, I'm really excited. You know, Anytime we get to offer some new things and all the – you know, the Venice community here is always wanting a lot of new stuff. But we'll be doing some awesome sandwiches like an Italian hoagie. We'll be doing a Philly cheesesteak. Um, a braised beef balmy sandwich. You know, the list is going to go on and on, and I'll continuously do uh, specials with um, just to you know keep things fresh and new over there as well. So, uh, dude, one of the things that I like about your style of food and the style of stuff that you do is, I mean, you 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 not only don't spare expense, you don't spare technique. I mean, I, I watch a lot of stuff you do, I, and and I'll never forget one of the first things of yours that I ate. Was uh, was your chicharrones, man? Do you remember being banged up that night, and just do. sucking back chicharrones? I do. I'm like this motherfucker's using pork belly. I know, you know, but like even in like a dish like that, you know, I think everything on this menu has always had a story, and I think you and I, as much as we love to travel, you get inspired through a lot of different things. The chicharrones, in particular, being. Uh, cooking at the Bogota Food and Wine Festival and getting so inspired on how they do their lechon plates and their the chicharrones and the arepas con huevos and all the you know beautiful dishes. But you know not only that, but sounds and colors and and um, you know you know anything in life really gets you to ins- gets inspired to plate a dish and how it's executed. And especially here at the Whaler, you know, I'm working with what the demographic here is and what people want. And we are, you know, it, it was more or less my real life bar rescue this place, but it's, it's elevated bar food, but most importantly, quintessential California beach cuisine that's elevated with a lot of global influence is how I always like to explain it. Well, dude, I know I, I was just out there a couple months ago, got to come in and hang out with you, and, and uh, we, we got to have some fun yeah. and uh, with, with our boy Josh Denny. Josh. Josh Denny, who's doing what, – what's the name of his show? It's on the Food Network. Gigantic, Gigantic Foods. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gigantic He's a cool guy with, with the is. red beard. I, um, yeah, I've been um, – I'm excited for him. He's doing some really, really cool uh, – really, really cool show, and it, it was funny. I remember, I remember one spot in particular in Philly was where he did the Big Bagel with the cream cheese it's a place in philly i haven't been there yet but it was one of the episodes he had showed me actually when he was there but cool really really cool guy i hope to see him around the restaurant more yeah he's he's a uh, he's he's a good dude you know he, he's he's a comedian he's a philly guy and he's kind of humbled with what he does i mean i know the whole day he was kind of like i gotta go home man i gotta go home my my, my girlfriend is gonna kill me my I, I can't go out with you guys tonight like he just and you could see in his body he really wanted to but he was on a cleanse at that point typical california even though he's philly bred he still has got to do a cleanse but uh, he was he was awesome he was a lot and then he was he was an uber driver as well oh my god Wasn't that's he? crazy i i don't remember him telling me that but it's certainly wouldn't surprise me in this town what people do until their their big goals or dreams come true as far as you know getting their own show or or what they're going after I, i've certainly seen everyone do you know you know wearing a couple different hats but i think it's good to keep a couple irons in the fire that keeps you that much more creative and and driven well he was saying that that, that uber was a way that he was getting a good amount of his uh, his content as well just from seeing the people that are back there oh so. yeah 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 i mean God, I remember that old show on uh, HBO too, like Taxi Cab Confession. Taxi Cab <laughs> Confessions, and I met a dude. I had an Uber driver a couple weeks ago taking me from the to the Philly airport, who was who was creating a show. This guy was a Grammy nominated, Grammy award winning producer. Uh-huh. 
who did a whole bunch of stuff with some pretty cool people that he was telling me about. But he was in the process of creating a show that was an Uber version of Taxi Cab Confessions. I, so. I say we we document when we're in Vegas next month. We film every oh Uber God. driver. <laughs> Whatever transportation we're in going together, I'm sure we'll we'll have some pretty creative content for people to watch. <laughs> Dude, just the fact that you and I are going to be in Vegas at the same exact time is is what scares me. And so I'll kind of I'll kind of tell people what's going on. So so uh, I am on the the board for nightclub and bar, which is the largest nightclub and bar show in the world. And we uh, this year we're doing something pretty awesome called the F and B Innovation Center. So it's a food and beverage innovation um, that is going to be. We have partnered up with a company called Middleby, and where do you see about some of the product that I have for you to cook? With? Oh, really? So I have, um, yeah, because I've, I've, because you're doing a, uh, you're doing a torta, right? I'm actually doing a, um, it's a, a shrimp and crab uh, tostada. So I'm going to be, you tostada. know, deep frying like little rounds. I'm going to cut out of the corn tortillas, and then simply making a remoulade, and then folding in all the uh, the crab and shrimp, and topping it with some chives and some chili threads and. You know, I it's it was one of the items on our menu that's considered like a nice little bar bite. And I know you were trying to do like elevated bar food or, you know, yeah. how to take bar food to the next level. And I think that's what I've had the most success here. And the fact that we are right on the beach and that is the food that reflects on this particular environment. Just I think it's, you know, very um, I think it's a really nice, delicate little piece, but holds a whole hell of a lot of flavor and, uh, and it's very cost effective as well. Well, and so one of the things that I have for you is this really cool product, and it's called the Perfect Fry. Okay. So it is a self-contained fryer. Okay. With an Ansel system attached to it. Oh, cool. So uh, and, really, and I'm not kidding you, dude. It's a, it's about the size of like uh, uh, about the size of uh, of a smaller Hobart mixer. Okay. So it fits right on top of your countertop, but there's like on the right hand side there is a fire suppression system. That literally shuts off the whole thing. Interesting, but it's pretty cool. So, so you're going to get a chance to play with that. Plus, I also have uh, you I have a couple other ingredients or uh, equipment I'm going to let you play with when we get out there. But it's all about the innovation. So, and the one thing that I wanted to do is I really wanted for this section, the food and beverage innovation, I wanted to have chefs that are doing like real chefs. You're a real chef. You're working every single day. You're in there, whether you're traveling or whether you're doing TV yeah. or not. You're still in your restaurant. You're still producing. You're still making a quality product, mm -hmm. and. So those are the guys that I wanted, and I mean that. Plus, you're my buddy. I wanted to hang out with you in Vegas. It's kind of yeah, the way it yeah, works. Yeah. So you know, we're gonna ha we're gonna um, have a really great time. I think collaborating, and it's gonna be fun seeing everyone in their own little light, cooking their food, as well as just getting out on the town and um, getting some good grinds together. I know I've got a really. If we have time, I would love to take you. It's one of my favorite Chinese restaurants in the country. It's called Joyful House. And other chefs have taken me there. But, man, if we get a minute to break away for a quick lunch or something, man, um, that would be somewhere I'd love to take you. So, well, and I think you're flying in Saturday as well, and I'm flying in Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, now, question. Do you ride a motorcycle? I've never, ever been on a motorcycle. It would be, it. I mean, it, I'd be more than happy to sit in the back and hold on to you for dear life. <laughs> that's that's going to be a picture that's going to make it to the internet. Right I mean, there. it's going to be like that where, you know, the time that I get to get, I get to get you on a longboard out here and surfing. 
Dude, I'd love to surf. I, I surfed when I was a kid, so when I was a lot younger, I mean, I, we had a place in Sea Isle at the beach in oh, Jersey. Oh, nice, nice, nice. And uh, so we were down there every single summer, and then like the recession hit, we lost that stuff. And, yeah. Um, which kind of sucked, but it was you know it was part of the eighties. It's what happened. So, yep. But I I, I I love that's one of the things that is your your passion for what you do, not only inside the kitchen and inside the restaurant, but the amount of uh, different you know. Uh, creative and spiritual outlets that you have outside of there. So, so talk to me. I mean, I, I'm not even going to say it, but you already mentioned it. You're, you're num- one of your number one passions. My number one passion is, is surfing for me. I mean, I'm literally sitting in my office right now and I'm looking out at the ocean and uh, I'm able to come in in the morning, check it, receive some orders, collaborate with some of the chefs on, on what special we're going to do for the day or first just get out there first and then just grab some inspiration while I'm sitting on my board and surfing directly out front. But it's something I've been doing since 1988. I, I first started bodyboarding, but I've always had a love for the ocean. We grew up spending you know, time down in Seaside Park in New Jersey, and uh, um, surfing has just been one of those things that's not only brought me all over the world, but has allowed me to bring a lot of inspiration to me with all the food that comes from all those different areas. Um, and my love for snowboarding is probably just as equal and getting up into the mountains and, and getting the snow and all the great foods, all the great things that come from those areas as well. But it's just, you know, keeping that stoke alive. Um, it's, it's free therapy for me. People are, are much better off with me getting out in the water for a little bit because I'm able yeah, to like, I gotta, I gotta find cool down. I gotta, I got to find me an outlet right now because my poor staff, I mean, I've been on the road for the last month and a half. We just opened in December. Uh, my poor staff's ready to kill me, man. I either need to start doing some serious drugs or I got to start surfing. So I think I might start surfing. <laughs> surfing is is, uh, is also a very healthy lifestyle and, and keeps you out of trouble too. But it's um, it's definitely been something to me that's always been a, um, you know, a little bit of an escape as well as you know, it's, it's my medicine, you know, to be able to get out there and it's a blessing to be able to get out there every day and, and do what I do. And I've always been able to, you know, give that to other people as a gift. You know, when I first moved to LA in, you know, a long time ago, 17, 18 years ago, I, I actually, when I was working part-time in restaurants, I was also giving surf lessons to make ends meet. And, uh, so I was a surf instructor for quite a while. So it was, it was very fun on a, on a lot of different ends of it, from meeting girls to, before I met my wife, of course, to <laughs> to uh, to making money and and uh, you know and meeting people from all over the world. But you know, it's also a gift that you can you give people; they'll they'll have the rest of their life, and it's it's an unbelievable thing. So you and uh, you and Jen actually, and and the girls yeah. just got back from a, a little trip. Yeah, we were in uh, we were in Mammoth Mountain. Uh, which is in the southern Sierras. It's about two hours south of Tahoe. And it actually had been snowing out here at, at that particular mountain for three weeks straight. They they accumulated upwards of 22 feet of snow and then had a three, four-day break. And then we came in on that fourth day. And that was the beginning of three other storms that dumped another 10 feet, which buried our car, got us snowed in, and <laughs> gave me some of the most amazing powder rides of my life because you know i grew up snowboarding in uh, big boulder jack frost yeah oh my god these they're like they're um, like little anthills man bluebell i mean i can literally hold my breath from the top of the yeah, what top was, of the mountain what to was the that bottom. place in bluebell that was spring, spring mountain yeah so yeah yeah uh, greek peak right. all that shit and it was just like greek peak north yeah i mean but for me to be able to 
you know, bring my family up there. And it was the first time my girls had seen the snow. And certainly my wife being from Brooklyn, she has really never experienced anything like that. So it was, it was such an adventure and more than anything, it was just a nice break away from, from work. Cause you know, when you get engulfed in this business, it's, uh, you gotta, you know, give that time to your family. I mean, I don't think there's, there, it's very rare. I mean, I, most of GMs and sommeliers and, and, um, managers and chefs, they're all divorced in this business, <laughs> you know. It's like hey, I'm divorced, dude. I hate you've to been say it. divorced. I mean, it's it's tough, and you got to you really got to learn understand when to balance things out. And there's never a right time to have kids. I was just talking to my uh, sous chef this morning about that, but it's uh, you really got to you got to be able to balance things out, you know, and and share your your love because you know my my business, the whaler, is certainly my my third child. So yep. it's like I mean, it, we, you got to pay attention to everything. Yeah, yeah. I know. With uh, now, is Jen is Jen as um, as passionate or as as adventurous as you are in regards to some of the outdoor stuff? Um, you know, it's it's nice because it gets her out of her her normal surroundings. Um, a girl that had grow, grew up in Brooklyn, you know, I remember the first time I took her to Mexico. Those Brooklyn girls, dude. <laughs> I took oh the Brooklyn girls. Yeah, she she's the best. <laughs> um, I took her down to Cabo and we had driven up the Cortez side and there was all these animals running around live and she's like, who owns these animals? You know, so it's like she was going crazy. And <laughs> Who owns these? God does. It's God's animal. Yeah, I'm just like, relax. This is just, we're, you know, we're driving, we're in the country. So it's been years and years of kind of getting her a little bit more settled in with certain things. But I think she's very adventurous. She's, she's very excited to take these same trips and give these experiences to the girls um, because you always want to give a little bit more to your children than than we had growing up. So yeah, but man, she's uh, she's super adventurous. She's always up for an adventure. Um, she's got the girls, you know, Bella already speaking Spanish, which is pretty amazing. Well, she's a Spanish teacher. She's a Spanish teacher. teacher, yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, anytime we can get up and go at, together as a family, you know, we 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 seize the opportunity. But you also – well, actually, I want, I want to hop into that. I, I want to, I, so my first experience skiing ever, I was, uh, I was dating this girl who, uh, whose father owned a bunch of ski shops. Okay. And, and I got a phone call one day like, hey, Brian, your skis are done. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Huh. And my buddy, she got both of us skis, boots, poles, and bindings. And I had never, ever been on skis before. So I went up to Montage Mountain Montage. to learn. And by the way, after I picked the skis up, her and I broke up like, I don't know, like a week later or something. It wasn't my fault, but we broke up. And, uh, but we went up to Montage, and I learned how to ski by taking the ski instructor's course. Oh, wow. So Because I, I, was, I was poor, man. I mean, I was like a young chef. I, didn't, I, I don't even think I was in culinary school yet. I was young. Sure. And... Uh, and, and I, I tried to find out the best way to learn how to ski rather than breaking my legs or anything. And my friends were all like, you know, black diamond guys. So I took the ski instructor's course okay. to learn how to teach people to ski, which taught me how to ski. Wow. At the end of my second day, I was doing moguls, man. Yeah. So I did pretty well. That's... And then I got fat and, and, and lazy. And, and now I just drink and play. I think you could still charge down a mountain. I think that's the greatest thing about some of those, yeah. I can charge through the chalet when I get to the bottom of the mountains. Yeah. I won't be able to stop. Yeah, a little happy hour down there. But um, man, that's the greatest thing about skiing is you can take a couple runs. I mean, hell, you can. I I, I remember even bringing Coors Original on the lifts out there and throwing them on the trash cans as I was going up. As far back as nice. wearing a starter jacket for my ski jacket. 
Awesome. Now, now you're like all decked out. I saw, I saw your, I saw your digs when you were up in Mammoth. I was impressed. I was impressed. <laughs> we, um, we so, had rented that house actually from a, a mutual, a very dear friend of mine. And, uh, just, um, I mean, we were in perfect location. I was with some old friends as well and their family. So it was, it was a cool trip. That's cool. How many people were in the house with you? Uh, there was three, six. Um, yeah, there's probably about eight, uh, 10 of us all together. So where now, now here's something that I always find. What do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy cooking in the restaurant or do you enjoy cooking for a situation like a, like something like that with all your friends around? I think each of those experiences have a little bit different rushes and, you know, a little bit different satisfaction. It's just like anytime I get to cook a meal for, for people, it's, you know, you're, you're putting on a performance, you're, you're creating an experience for somebody, what, you know, and you kind of, you handcraft that depending on what the, the environment takes. You know, when I was up there, I, I had a beautiful, um, rack of veal that I brought up there and I had roasted up there and did some beautiful roasted vegetables just cause, um, we had, uh, Jennifer had made some, uh, matzo ball soup, you know, when we got off the mountain. So all that food that you, Love it. you crave, you know, that comfort food cause it was so cold outside and we just had all that great stuff. And I, I there was one morning I had gotten creative cause the mountain had shut down half the day and we started a little early drinking some bloody Mary's, you know, and, um, I had taken the veal chop and just stuck it right in the bloody Mary. Um, but then, you know, at the restaurant, I just, you know, I, I, I get like a buzz off it, you know, the ticket in you know, the window being full of tickets and everything's buzzing in the kitchen and the runners and the busters and the expo and the managers and everyone's in sync and everyone's in a really good flow, almost like a band playing live. You know, it's like, um, when every, everything, you know, everything's working together, it's just, it's such a great feeling being able to high five people and seeing the food come out and compliment your chefs and, and the runners are, you know, are, are really excited about the food because, you know, this, this place, this experience has certainly given me a, you know, a plat platform, just like any other chef having a restaurant to express what you love, you know, to show your style and, you know, what that type of cuisine of that you're cooking. And I couldn't be more grateful than working at a place that is right on the beach in Southern California, because growing up in Philly, man, I tell you, my walls were plastered with pictures of California and listening <laughs> to the Beach Boys. So it was like, it's almost as if my vision boards kind of come true because it's it's everything that I'm super passionate about. That's cool. Yeah, man. that's cool. So what's your so now when I was out there last time, you had mentioned that you were looking at a property that was down the street and across the street. I mean, you guys are becoming pretty aggressive. Has has any of that come to fruition yet, or are we still kind of holding? Absolutely, off? we um we we um developed the Venice Restaurant Group, which is going to be the umbrella. That sits all over those other concepts. Uh, my partner has actually owned um, some other businesses within the group, and but the one directly up the street, you know, we're we're certainly looking at uh, we're developing the concept. I just saw the blueprints for it. it. It looks really really cool. I'm very excited because it's given me that um, extra space to jump into and to create 
um, you know, a whole different type of cuisine. Um, I think, of course, it's going to um, reflect on the sea because that's really what I've um, related to the most. Uh, and that's what people want when they're down at the beach. You know, it's like I know when I go back east and I'm at the shore, I want some blue claw crabs. I want some fried clams. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. I want, you know, I know you always do like a big crab fest or something during the summer. And I have I got to get back there to. for that sometime with the girls. That would be really fun. Dude, I, I, I would love to have you guys come back. And, 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 you know, I've got two built-in babysitters, man. Dude, my daughter drove home last no night. No way. Emily Duffy, my 16-year-old, who she'll be 16 tomorrow, who is uh, – she's a pretty amazing little kid. She's been through uh, – she's been through a lot of stuff in her uh-huh. life. And uh, she – last night, like, you know, she was – she's getting her permit this week, man. She turns 16 tomorrow. And she's a, she's a very well-grounded kid. And she's working her ass off to buy herself a car right now. But 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 I've got built-in babysitters, dude. But I don't know if you know, like, Belmont Hills. So Balakimwood and Belmont uh-huh. Hills. She was driving up Mary Waters Ford Road off of Conshohocken State Road, like, into a parking wow. lot, doing serpentines, pulled into the driveway. Uh, and the funny part is she's four foot nine, weighs 96 pounds, and she's driving my big-ass Jeep, <laughs> like, with the seat pulled all the way forward. Like, she's, you know, she, she does the old – when she goes to turn the turn signal, she flips – she looks at the turn signal first. Yeah. And when she first got in the car to learn how to drive, she's like, put your light on. I have to see where the gas pedal is. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm like, get out of the seat. Get out of the seat. Oh, my God. Uh, but, I, dude, but you're the same world. You're So how old? So Bella is three. Yeah, no, actually, Bella is two and a half. And Alessandra oh, okay. just turned one. I actually just saw Alessandra. She just started walking about two months ago. But she just put her leg on you know, got herself on top of a, um, a little tricycle last night. So you're talking about your daughter driving for the first time, and I'm experiencing those moments right now, which are, are super special. But, man, I get anxiety even, you know, hearing it's your daughter. I mean, I'm just like, yeah. it's crazy having, you know, you're a father of two girls, I'm a father of two girls, and the fact that they're little girls makes it that much more precious because they are little girls, and you want to, you know, you want to give them the best. I mean, Jennifer's trying to make her, you know, uh, ballerina, and then you know I'm trying to get them become ocean. But you know, most importantly, I, the the most important thing is just making sure that they're respectful, um, non entitled human beings that um, know what it takes to, uh, you know, hard work pays off, and nothing's really handed to you because that's the only way you appreciate it. And you know, that's my my ultimate goal. Jennifer and I is you know just making sure that they're they're well disciplined and they're respectful and and know how to take care of themselves, know how to cook great food and you know my my wife's an amazing I never had to ever wait in a line with my wife. I don't care what club it is. You could pick any place on earth, my wife will get me to the front of the line. So she <laughs> she knows how to negotiate and she's a hustler as as I am and uh, it's just it's ama- it's it's one of the best thing times of my life, you know, seeing these little girls That's grow cool, up but man. It's tough seeing them grow up, and I couldn't imagine when it's the time that they're going to be turning a key and driving away. I mean, you know, and and I mean, I talked last week. I took Fiona. Fiona turned thirteen in December. We finally got an opportunity. We go up to New York every year. Both the girls for their birthdays, they go up. We get like a room at the Waldorf. They bring their friends with them, whatever it is. We get to chill out. We go shopping. We go out to a crazy dinner. Yeah. And and for me, it's kind of funny because you're going through this now where your girls are really seeing things for the first time ever. Yep. 
You know, I mean, they're still almost every day, if you think about it, they're seeing something that they've never seen before, something that they've never experienced before. And I looked over at Fiona, who's, again, 13, and Fiona, you know, Emily's 4'9", Fiona's like 5'4". Okay. You know, Fiona's like a brick shit house. She's a softball player. She's <laughs> tough as nails. And Emily's a coxswain on crew. But but I looked over at Fiona, and there was just this this pure joy that was on her face that was so much because it was all new. Yeah. Like this was all new. She was taking a train to New York City. We got out and like walked out of Madison Square Garden or Penn Station and there you're right there on, you know, in the middle of New York City with everything around you. And we hop into a cab and we go to the hotel and I just they were in the room next to me, but I could hear them like looking out the window like, oh, my God, look at that. You can see in here and look at how big this is. And I think that's the Empire State. Yeah, yeah. So it's so funny because even at 13, she still has that innocence of a child at two and a half or, or, or even at, I mean, you know, Alessandra's how old? One. She's a year. Yeah, she's one. She's one. Yeah, she's one. So and she was eating uh, these really cool little omisubis, uh, these little Japanese rice balls that uh, you fill with like sauteed chicken and curry. Like both kids, I, I've definitely have uh, building their palates up. But Bella yeah. was eating good in the beginning, and now she's like all of a sudden she's on like the Vogue diet. But Alessandra, man, <laughs> the Vogue. Hold on, hold on. What's the Vogue? I don't diet? know. It's just like she's just not eating a lot. Like she's just like keeping herself nice and trim, and we've got to like force her to like <laughs> eat good stuff. Where have a chicken Alessandra, she's like a little chunky monkey. Like I'm just like yeah. My wife and I look at her and we're like, mud on. Look at this little look at this little girl eat. Like she's got like <laughs> she's got like meatballs in her ears and avocados <laughs> smeared on her head. But she's <laughs> eating and she's like you know fistfuls of food. I'm like that's my little girl right here. This is the one that this yeah. is the one that's gonna eat. But you know as as a father of two girls. And now, you know, you've just opened up the restaurant. How how much are, are the girls liking to cook or how much are they critiquing food? I'm sure they're really into it. You know, it's funny because I, I, I had a picture of something a couple of weeks ago. M had sent me a, uh, a thing and she's like, you need you need to do something with pesto. OK. And, and I just thought it was funny because like my 15 year old girl was telling me she needed pesto on something. And I said, well, I have chive pesto in the restaurant. She's like, good. Maybe think about doing like an a, a, like a like a chive, like a pesto sour cream or a pesto aioli. Oh, and right. So it was funny that, <laughs> that she was telling me things that she would like to see on the menu. And, and she cooks, you know, I mean, she she'll make herself ramen noodles and stuff like that if she has sure. to. And, but both of my girls are very aggressive when it comes to eating. They. They, because I've, you know, my rule was you have to taste it. Even if you've had broccoli before, yeah. well, I did broccoli though different this time, so you have to taste it. So, for us in our house, it's it's a lot of Asian food, a lot of Asian food. My girls are always wanting to go for noodles or sushi or something like that. Fiona loves oysters. Um, you know, I mean, do you do you what are you making like an average meal for your girls? I mean, and they're still young, so. They're still young and uh, they love pizza. I mean, who doesn't love pizza? Yeah. So I'm always, you know, it's fun for me because I'm able to, you know, my wife have this constant text chain. Jennifer just sends me, what are we doing for dinner? <laughs> just a quick one of those. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, I'm always able to put together a couple of cool things. I'll bring home like a poke bowl or, you know, some sort of like, um, you know, pizza for the girls. They're pretty simple. Alessandra's really eating everything though, but pastas, rice, loves grilled chicken, Simple things like that, but Bella, you know, she her her little thing is she loves, and you know, now being a new father, I, man, sugar, is probably one of the most addictive drugs out there. I agree. I mean, I, I, I think it sets off probably more parts of the brain than any other drugs that, you know, 
anyone's done here. So, but man, with chocolate, she'll look at me and she'll be like, shh, you know, like, hey, let's eat some chocolate, <laughs> you know, hey, have some. Come on, hey, let me get some whipped cream. And I'm like, you're like a crackhead in, uh, you know, off of uh, Allegheny oh, Street. Geez. Get away from me. What the hell's wrong with you? She's like craving chocolate and, and uh, candy and shit. So it's just like, but man, it it gets them crazy too because my I'll look at her and her eyes will go like twenty different directions oh, yeah. and it's like it's wild seeing a little kid get crazy on on sugar. But um, yeah, man, Bella, Bella's out of control. They're adorable, dude. I love I love watching them and I've I, I you know I, I've never <laughs> met Jen, so for me that because I, I feel like I know her. I was, I know, and we you know I had talked about even trying to get her out there for a night out in Vegas, but it's tough because it's the first part of the week yeah. and. And it's it's actually tough because we're out here and we don't have family and it's tough to leave for a couple days. Man, you got family out the there. Kids. You got Duffies. You got two sets of I them do. out there. There there are Duffies, but they have there they have their own Duffies. kids that are in the same age group. Yeah, and then you know what comes along with Bella and Alessandra? You also get a 120 pound uh, clumsy chocolate lab named Frankie and a six pound Chihuahua. Um, you know yeah. that'll hump every blanket in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so well, I, I hope to be able to meet her. I know I'm going to be back out in L.A. in a little while, but I got a couple more things for yeah. you. So, so what would what is your go to meal? I mean, and, and you're a chef, so I know that's the craziest question, but but people really do want to know, like, what is your be at end of the let's do let's do two. What's your what's your your go to morning meal? Like, fuck, okay. this is what I want. This is what I want. Um, black beans, rice. Really, really good thick-cut bacon, like a nice smoky bacon. Um, two or three eggs over easy with uh, some grilled sourdough and some avocado. And then I'm, I'm totally hooked on, um, you know, I, I get some milk, like a cup of, like a half a cup of milk, and I get a cold brew. I'm drinking these Thunder Kings right now. And then I, we have this salted vanilla um, syrup that we use at the bar. And I'll do a dry shake on that. And then... You know, it's just this really creamy, salty, um, caramel, you know, um, cold brew that I drink in the morning with that breakfast. So that's that's usually my cold brew. You know, that's usually my morning. I'm drinking my cold brew right now, of course, in a deli container. Nice. Um, <laughs> and the, um, you know, that that would be my go-to in the mornings. If I'm a little bit lighter, you know, I like eating acai bowls and um, – Probably, probably an acai bowl if I'm not having that breakfast. How often are you saying to Jen, "Just come into the restaurant. I don't feel like cooking." Oh, um, just about every weekend, <laughs> you know, like every weekend, because you know it's tough. Because in the mornings, you know, she has off on Saturdays, and I like to, um, you know, it's tough leaving her in the mornings, and she's got to cook for the kids. But you know, when brunch is on early in the morning, I'm just like, "Hey, come on in," you know. Yeah. It's just, but when she's she, she she drives back from Beverly Hills to work. She just wants to get settled to the house, so it's best I have some stuff that's already prepared, yeah. pre-made at the at the house for her. I know it cost me a fortune because I got to send my I got to get I send an Uber for my girls when I'm at the oh, restaurant. We're not that far; it's like a thirteen dollar Uber. But I'll be like, girls, you want to come in for dinner tonight? Like last night Valentine's Day, they came in, they brought two of their friends. You know, I got them flowers and candy, and we loaded up the table. But you know, still, it cost me it cost me a boatload of money just an Uber. But yeah, so one of the big. One of the big things that's going on right now that I know every chef that I'm really talking to, we've been having a lot of conversations about staff and staffing. And so where what, what, are, what struggles are you seeing at this point with staffing and, and, and just the, the general, you know, uh, employee? 
Yeah. Um, you know, we're going through some crazy shit out here right now. I mean, tomorrow in particular, I can just bring this up. There's a, a big, big immigration march going on out here. And, uh, you know, it's um, I actually, you know, we, we did a little speech to our staff um, just a few days ago, just letting them know, you know, we fully support everyone within this business. And um, I just need you to call in on Saturday or on Wednesday for Thursday. And, you know, and we're going to we're going to go ahead and we're going to carry the business so you guys can can do your thing and respect you. And, you know, it's just it's a crazy time we're we're living in right now. And, and you know, making sure things don't go e-verify and, you know, just just all the direction where things are going. So it's it's been tough with that. So, you know, I've got a smaller menu set up for, for Thursday just in case that happens. And my Sue and I are just going to hold, hold it down yeah. and just knock out the entire day. And um, But then, you know, all the minimum wage is, um, you know, it's going to be going up pretty significantly between now and, and 2020, which is having us kind of orchestrate everything a little bit differently as far as payroll because ultimately I think that is what's really going to be um, killing the um, – really hurting the business I agree. as far as food costs and 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 the whole diner's experience and and just the flow you know what 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 is the concepts going to be moving forward is it going to be order at the the counter and then it just gets delivered to you um at the table or you know it's hurting the a little bit more of the fine dining but man it's going to be up to you know 17 dollars at some point yeah. you know it's going to be out of control out of control so you know, is it? You know, how? I, I ultimately think it's going to be built into the the food costs. I think it's going to kill a lot of small businesses out there. Um, you know, it's it's pretty dramatic. Yeah, it's been it's where, been where crazy. It's going. I mean, the the whole thing. You know, we've been talking about it. I'm dealing with a a big group out of Grand Rapids, Michigan, right now. We're opening a property down in Tampa, and the owner of the company is very aggressive with what he wants to do, and the whole tipping policy is really coming into play, and whether or not we're going to do that. And so it's it's a scary time. You know, I mean. When you think about it, you know, I can sell a, I mean, this is something stupid, but you can do a 50 cent or 75 cent wing on a Monday night because it's a, you know, it's a football special or it's a feature or something to that effect. Now you're going to be doing like a dollar 25, a dollar 50 per because you have to mm-hmm. pay your staff. You know, I mean, yep. your staff is now costing you, you know, double the amount that it was before. It, it's a scary point, man. It's a scary time. You know what I might have to do, Brian? I might have to just, you know, my grandfather ran the Italian market for years, the corner of Ninth and Washington and. I drive by. I, mean, dude, I, was, I, could, I drove by it yesterday, I, man. I can only picture my grandfather hearing that. He wouldn't give a shit anyway because he was paying everybody under the table anyway. <laughs> yeah. So he would, he wouldn't fucking care. So it was just like I got to, uh, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting times and where things are going and you know what what that's going to take away from the business or or, or possibly bring. Who knows? I, I'm a very open minded person, but I think clearly there are certain concepts that will work better versus others with with where the uh, minimum wage is going moving forward yeah all right so i know you uh prior to all of this before you were in the venice before you in the whaler and all that stuff before you were mr famous tv guy you know mr bar rescue (laughs) come on man you gotta love that people still do that to you yeah oh yeah i'm oh man i'm grateful for all the experiences i've ever had and certainly the attention that um, the show brought brought my way, and you know, there's probably not a day where, uh, you know, I come in here where people don't recognize me from the show. So that's you know, that's really cool. Now, do you uh, does the hat make a difference? I think it does. I think it does. Um, you know, um, 
I think it actually I really do think it does. I mean, I've always worn this hat. I usually wear this hat or another hat, but you know, I've been going um a little thin upstairs, you know, for quite a while yeah. and just Dude, hey, look, <laughs> you know? man, I know. I'm 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 the same but, way, so. But, but you know, it's just like I um you know, it's it, I'm married, you know, it doesn't change the way I look and and I just but hats I've just always worn. This was this hat my father or my grandfather always wore and I actually that's who I had gotten inspired from when I was a kid because, you know, anybody that went down South Philadelphia anytime between the 50s and the 80s, early 90s knew, knew my grandfather and his whole look and one of them was this hat which a lot of Irish and Italian people always wore yeah. in Philadelphia, you know, yeah. as you know being a native. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All right. So, uh, but prior to all of that, you used to, you did catering, you cooked for a lot of people. So you, you yeah. cook for a tremendous amount of famous people. So who is your favorite person to cook for that you cooked for? Oh, you know what? I, I certainly, I, I've been asked that before and I, you know, I always go back to the same. I, I, I loved cooking for Anthony Akitas, um, from chili peppers. He was a really cool guy that I leveled with and him and I would surf together and he was eating very healthy and, you know, I got, it was a little bit of a challenge for me cooking vegan, um, but I'm always open to things like that. You know, there's a lot of allergies and restrictions, but you know, um, Anthony was always a super respectful guy. Um, lived in a great area and um, was into a lot of the similar things. Plus, I mean, come on, I, I grew up loving the Chili Peppers, and it was it was a big you know it was definitely a big dream come true to cook for those guys. And then I probably the most like guys guy I've ever cooked for was uh, Hank Azaria, who a couple years back and moved from, you know, Los Angeles back to New York City, where he's from. And uh, he was just a pleasure to cook well, for because I think him and I would rap out all the time. His, his kids go to school with Tim's kids. They I did. believe. Yeah, they did. Exactly. Yeah. Their, their little son, um, did. they did go to the same school. Yeah. And he's like all grown up now. I have pictures of making pizza dough at Hank's house <laughs> with his son when he was a little baby. But, you know, you would never know the guy is a huge actor and has been done as many things. He was always the same guy that would just come in and, you know, get the slice of pizza from the night before and throw it in a, in a pan and just heat it up like that. and just. But also he would do – he would break out in some great little um, imitations, kind of like the when he played the chef in Birdcage, and he's oh my god, hey Look Nick, up, yeah. what's going on? This that like, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty wild when you've got somebody kind of doing a character that he acted out on TV with Robin Williams. Sure. But you know, the experiences I, I I've had cooking for actors, musicians, politicians have just have been pretty amazing because you know I, I tell some of these stories back east, and my buddies call. BS on me, but it's just like the, you know, the, it's such a tight knit community out here. Yep. You never know who you're going to see, who's going to come in, and you know, nothing really surprises me now. But it's um, you know, that's one of the the cool things about living in Los Angeles. Yeah. Now with yeah. Uh, with you also tend to travel quite a bit. So and I know you just got yeah. back. You were in Africa just a couple months ago. Yeah, yeah, I was in Africa over the summer and. That was uh, that was a dream come true kind of a trip. It had a lot of things going on within it. I I was uh, actually out there and I was I was cooking for orphans and I was working um, together with some of their farmers and helping them try to build their infrastructure and ultimately you know trying to build a concept with some other people that would um, hire orphans and then buy from like orphan run farms, um, which was just a magical time to be able to you know I never met so many people that had nothing that were so happy 
And I mean, I know people with more money than God out here, and they're some of the most miserable people I've yeah, ever met. The truth. So it's just like the, the the I think the true wealth in life is just is being happy with what you have and not with what you don't. And you know, and and I think people will just appreciate everything that much more in life. But it was a it was. I mean, the colors and the the smells and the culture and the food and the people was so inspiring to me. And I, I was I was so lucky to be able to see so many different parts of Africa because there's like 54, 58 different countries within. Yeah. And I was able to go to Tanzania, Rwanda, the Congo, um, you know, South Africa, you know, all the all those different places. And every place brought um, uh, a new excitement, a new experience. And um, most was very positive, um, with the exception of the Johannesburg Airport, which I don't recommend anyone ever spending time at, because <laughs> it's very, very dangerous. But you know, arriving in Rwanda, which was a country that had gone through a genocide, and and being able to see how you know such a horrible time can be turned around, and you know they they um, you know and and be successful yeah. you know as a country. So that was that was beautiful. I got to surf. I got to go on safaris. I got to visit the silverback gorillas, and you know even something as simple as going up hiking the volcanoes national forest. You know walking through the fields. There's all these potato fields, and then there's eucalyptus trees. And my mind, the kind of way it works, even on a hike like that, I'm already thinking like you know, blanching off the potatoes and <laughs> infusing the eucalyptus leaves into an olive oil and doing some sort of cool salad. But, you know, anywhere I go, it's just I've constantly got food running through my veins and my mind. And, um, you know, there's there's not a day that goes by where I'm not creating the next dish. But Africa was, was a uh, dream come true. I, I'd like to really like to go back there. There's so much more I, I'd like to see and do. What would, do you remember? I, I mean, cause I know when I travel and I was in Africa in June, I was in Djibouti and I was in Bahrain in the middle East and stuff like that. But when I come back from these trips, especially overseas or to a, to a, to a, you know, a foreign country, I come back and I have this, like a dish that I want to recreate or something that I want to play with or an ingredient. What was your, what, what would, did you have that ingredient? What was it? Yeah. Um, it was, uh, there was two things actually. One was called chakalaka, and it was these really um, – it was kind of these spicy beans with like lemon, onion, and like uh, paprika and beans. It's so funny. I, I, the, 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 the simplest of ingredients and that technique yeah. that pulls it together, and I it's first just the way it goes. At a house that had no electricity, there was no lights. I was like in the middle of nowhere, and we were cooking on a grill that was, you know, a trash can more or less that had been cut in half and, you know, bellied out with the coals in it. And I just eat stuff up like that. Yeah. I love experiencing things like that because you get the flavor off the the wood that they're cooking with yeah. on the whatever protein or vegetables they were cooking. And then the next dish was some puri puri chicken. Puri puri is a uh, it could be puri puri shrimp or or whatever you're cooking, but it's a mixture of like fresh oregano and citrus and onions and a number of different types of like cayenne and chilies and things like that. And then you then cook that your your chicken with it. So I had done that um, here, and they call that a South African braai, not a barbecue. Um, so. And I was stoked because I actually have some buddies that live around here that are South Africans that had kind of, you know, got me inspired on some of the food before I had left. 
Um, but yeah, man, every time I travel, I'm always bringing something yeah. back. And I think it makes us, I mean, especially as chefs because of who we are. And, and I think we're in a better, we're in a different world than a lot because we do get to travel. We do get to see different parts of the world, meet different people, get that influences from across the board. But then we actually get to come back into our own places or into our bars because we, we do, man, we own bars. We own bars yeah. that just happen to serve some really good food and, and, and we use the best ingredients that we can get. And whether it be yep. a chicken wing, you know, my chicken wings are all natural antibiotic. I mean, it's all the good stuff. You know, we really do try to play yep. around. And, and, and I believe that it, it's so much of it comes from technique. And when you watch how, you know, when you're sitting in a village in Africa and you're watching a guy who's beating, you know, uh, beating a, you know, a, a plant against something that he's, he's extracting the oil from or he's extracting a liquid from that's going into something that ultimately is going to thicken that dish. And you're going, wow, you know, that's a whole different way. So it really is important for us to get out there and do that stuff. So. Uh, and I love yeah. your travels, dude. I always have. So, um, we got to get on a trip. Sometime, dude, I would buddy. love, I mean, you're talking about this Africa stuff, you know, and getting out there. I love stuff like that. So if there's a way for us to communicate or a way for us to combine some of our, our efforts and turn it into a concentrated effort, I'd love to get involved in something like that. I know I flew with to Kembe to Matumbo a couple, about a year ago, and he has a hospital yeah. in, uh, Zimbabwe. Yeah, Zimbabwe. Something like that. Cool. So I know he's always yeah. interested in doing stuff. So maybe I'll maybe I'll make that. So uh, Dikembe Mutombo, if you're listening to Duffified Live, hey man, definitely stop by and say hi. But uh, Nick, I got one more question for you because I know you got a big party of you got to get into tonight. Well, actually, I've got two. So uh, so this is one question that I always ask: what was the, what was the worst day that you've ever had in a restaurant? Oh, man. Yeah, I know, dude. Uh, I've got I've got a couple. Okay. I do. I've got one. I was working in Santa Monica and I was – it was actually the worst but it in the long run, it ended up being great. Um, I was cooking for a chef um, at, at a restaurant in Santa Monica and I, re, I was pretty green. It was the early 2000s and um, I had reached up to grab some plates and I, before this, I had already sauced a plate wrong. I had already given the wrong ingredients to the chef. Um, you know, I, I just was failing that day and then I had reached up and I remember just in like the height of service when everything was happening, there was like probably 15, 20 dishes being made. I broke a bunch of plates right on the line and glass went everywhere. We had to throw everything away. And I remember the chef grabbed me by like underneath my armpit and dragged me outside and he like literally pulled me in this underground garage that was right next door and he looked at me and he said, I don't think this is for you. I think you need to figure out a, a new career in your life. Wow. And I remember it, it fucking crushed me. I like – I got on my bike and I like rode home and I really like, cried my eyes wow. out. I was so upset. But from that moment on, I, I swear to you, there was a fire that was lit that pushed me harder than ever because – I don't want to say he was a hater, but it certainly became a motivator sure. and pushed me harder than I've ever been pushed it, in, internally. And I think what's hard is, you know, it's tough being, you know, not everyone is is hard on themselves. I think as chefs are, you know, we're very easy to throw a dish out if we're not happy with it or bang our hands on the table because we're so passionate and we want everything to be so perfect because yeah. we have one chance to make everything great. So we take everything that much more serious in our lives and, and to heart because it's a very emotional thing. I don't care if you're cooking 
fucking bar food or if you're working in a Michelin star restaurant, you should have that same integrity if, if this is the business you want to work in because if you don't, you're going to fail. You're never going to, you're never going to reach what you want to reach in both, you know, your goals as far as what the restaurant's going to make or how you're perceived as a, as a chef. And, and, you know, one of my goals is, is to know I, I gave my all every day that I possibly can't come in. But that was one moment that was, was crushing to me, really, really crushing. And, but also a moment that pushed me harder than I've ever been pushed. That's it, dude. Dude, it's one of the reasons why I love is because you're passionate about what you do and you, 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 you rock and roll with it. So I appreciate everything, dude. Um, Nick, why don't you uh, do me a favor? Tell us where we can find you and all that good stuff. So anybody who's following us can uh, check you out. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm very active, always posting things for the restaurant on at Chef Nikki on Instagram or Twitter uh, at Caledelphia. Um, please uh, come find me at the beach. We're at 10 Washington Boulevard in Venice Beach, California. Um, right where the Washington meets the Venice Pier. Um, I promise you, uh, you know, not only will you get one of the best views, but you'll um, you'll be hanging out with some of the most down-to-earth people in a quintessential California beach bar that you're sure to have a great time at. And it's a wonder why I love that guy so much. You know, Nick is uh, is not only a good friend like I constantly talk about, but he's also one of the chefs that I really look up to. I think that Nick is... Um, He's one of the guys who just kind of gets it, you know. Um, his family's really important to him. It's the way that he was brought up. Um, his uh, business is very important to him, but his craft is really important. I mean, you can sense the passion and everything that he does. And it's really nice to talk to a chef like that because of the fact that he just kind of gets it. You know, it's not always about... Um, you know, the dollar, it's not always about that execution part of it. It's really about the product that you're putting together, which is one of the reasons why I think Nick and I get along so well. Um, we really do truly enjoy what we do, and there's a lot that goes along with that. So to watch Nick, uh, you know, come up over the last couple of years from when we first met on Bar Rescue and doing that stuff and him meeting my brothers and watching his family grow and being able to follow him through things like that is something that's really kind of cool to me. So, so everybody do me a favor. If you're ever in L.A. and you're in the Venice area, stop by Venice Whaler. It is an amazing spot. He creates an unbelievable product. Um, his staff is on point every single time. Plus, you've got one of the greatest views around. The place is right on the beach. You can't beat it. So definitely hop out. Check out my buddy Nikki. Um, follow him on Chef Nikki as well as uh, um, uh, Chef Nick Liberato. Um, and then Caledelphia. He's got all those cool stuff, as you guys heard him talk about. So definitely get out there and follow him. Um, but, uh, you know, I think I'm going to kind of end it this week. It was, uh, it's been a really crazy week. I've got a lot of travel that's been going on. Um, I flew in from Orlando on Saturday morning after flying down there on Friday. Um, a pretty crazy weekend. Like I said, I came right into the restaurant on Saturday, worked with my crew, got everybody in here, got home, got the girls Sunday, same thing back and forth. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of a, a whirlwind the last couple of weeks and it's going to be even crazier. I'm opening another restaurant in March down in Tampa, Florida. I want you guys to come down and check that out. Um, definitely go through and uh, have some fun. So, uh, thank you guys so much for listening to the Duffified Live. We're doing all of this on RadioInfluence.com, as well as you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can find me, very simply, Chef Bride Duff on Twitter and Instagram. You guys have questions for me. You guys have something you want to know about. Do a simple hashtag, Ask Duff, or send me a tweet, send me a message, whatever you guys want to do. Facebook, Chef Brian Duffy. If you're in the Philadelphia area, definitely stop by the Flying Fish Craft House. That's my restaurant. Um, come in and check us out. We've got 8,000 square feet of pure fun. Uh, we partnered up with Flying Fish Brewery out of New Jersey. 
Uh, we've got 16 of their beers on tap. We've got bottles galore across the place. Right now we're running a blueberry braggot that's really, really very reminiscent of a Chimay. Um, come on in and check that stuff out. Uh, thank you guys all. I hope you have a wonderful week. Thanks for listening to Duffified Live, and go out there and have some fun. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B-R-I-D-U-F-F. Look for the blue verified checkmark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. This is an on-the-beach quick fix on Radio Influence. This is the digital age. Most of the time when you go out on dates, especially with new people, you're meeting them through Tinder, through Bumble, through some kind of dating app or dating service. So if the date sucks or if the guy's kind of creepy. Yeah. Or if you just don't like him. Yeah. There's a way to get out of the date by the shot that you order. Yeah. So you have to get away from your date, though, basically, Mm -hmm. because if this guy's read the article, then he knows what you're ordering. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's got to be awkward. This chick wants to get away from me. Yeah. But yeah, you order an angel shot. So you'd go to the bar mm-hmm. and say, just give me an angel shot neat. And that yeah. means that you just need a bartender or one of the staff members to get you safely out of the restaurant. Yeah. Just away from this guy. Yeah. So if you order an angel shot on ice, mm-hmm. the bartender will, I believe it's call you a cab. Okay. And get you or an Uber and get yeah. you out of there. Mm-hmm. So that might take a little bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, depending on how quickly you need to get away from your date. Yeah. And then the other option is you order an angel shot. With a line. Yes. And they'll call the cops. They call the cops. <laughs> they yeah. call the cops on you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's nuts. Like You'd really have to be afraid of the guy. I guess so. I wonder if this ever actually happens where like people go on a first date and it's that crazy and the guy's that much of a psycho. First off, they that they even have to just like tell a bartender have yeah. a secret shot and like, you know, get escorted out of there or, you know, get an Uber out of there or literally have to call the cops. I think it's a great way for women to feel maybe a little bit safer if they yeah. go on a date. But I think all restaurants or some, there needs to be some sort of signal or something that, you know, we could do, not just one single restaurant in downtown St. Pete. Yeah. But there needs to be some way for women to, if they need to get out of a situation safely, probably, you know, have a cue for a bartender or, Absolutely. or there, a hostess or something that they could go to and say, there's hey, a code. there's got to be some kind of code. I used to just go, hey, I need to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Give me the hell away from this guy. Yeah. Oh, really? He's nuts. So no, you- I mean, you know, get out of there. Yeah, don't be silly. Like, now, is this angel shot an actual shot? Does it have alcohol in it? I don't even know if there's because a shot in it. What'd yeah. you do? Would you, you do the this, shot? No, you're you're getting. Well, do you have to pay for it? I, I have so I, many questions about you this. You can't charge for it. If they, yeah, there's no way. Like, yeah, <laughs> please call nine one one. And by the way, let's yeah, get drunk. On the beach can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com.